Welcome to our podcast. As a matter, matter of, of black, there's see you messed up. See you always messing up when we do it. You be doing good, and then and then you just you just come in late sometimes. Since we're getting ready to go into Women's History Month soon, I'm gonna let you just feel how you want to feel. I thought I'd well, be I did. <laughs> I'm Bowie, and we're back with an episode with another episode of As a Matter of Black. So excited to be here! Yes, we're getting a little bit more consistent. Popping it off in 2024. The perfect time to do it too is within Black History Month because I mean we celebrate Black History all year round, but this is I think the blackest month of the year, mm. and it's a leap year also. So we you know we got a little more time. No doubt, no doubt. Speaking of time, I feel like I don't want to waste any time because I think this episode is, is going to be like jam-packed with like a bunch of like really interesting topics. So I just want to get right into it. What, what do you think? I say let's go. Okay, cool. I have a question before we start. Come on with the BS. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, in regards to, like, your favorite genre of music or your, like, your least favorite genre of music, mm -hmm. like, where would you rank country music on um, your like, For me, country music is probably ranked near the bottom of my... Um, Bottom of my least favorites. Um, you know, it's it's right there with like pretty much stuff that I just rarely listen to. Uh so I really can't think of what I don't really listen to. Maybe like man, it's kind of hard to say. It's like it's it's right up there with what the stuff that I just really don't listen to at all. And the reason why it's there. Is because it's predominantly white people in that genre. And I'm a fan of black music and black artistry. And so they're just dominated uh by white people. And the thing also the thing about that is it, you know, it it's a um it's a it's a child of black music. If we talk about blues, um if we talk about like blues and folk music, folklore music, uh, that's what country music comes from and that's what black people created. So, yeah. Short speaker, <laughs> yes. I don't like country music for those reasons. <laughs> that's a really interesting um, point of view. I don't listen to country music at all either. Like, I actually like the idea of country music. And to your point, I like Black artistry. So, like, when I do listen to country music, like, it's got to be Black. It's got to be from a Black person. Like, I remember the first time I heard a country song that I really liked, and it was a song by Ray Charles. The song, I Can't Stop Loving You, had sort of like a country 
um, like, I don't know, a country like composition to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's my first time ever like hearing a song by a black person that was country that I liked. And I actually like enjoy um, enjoy that song and I listen to it like often. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like I don't listen to country, even though I know that there have that there is like a rise of like black country musicians. Um, I still don't particularly like listen to it, and I don't really seek it out. I know most most recently, um, K Michelle was on the Country Music Awards, mm-hmm. and with um, Jelly Roll, and. I've been following her career for a long time. I'm not a huge K Michelle fan, but I've been following her career. And I know that like she had a really, really, really big push with her label and wanted to do like a country album from top to bottom. She from Memphis, Tennessee. She always had this story about like her the first album, the first cassette tape she ever bought was The Judds and how she had like this deep love for country. And her voice actually works. Her, I honestly think her voice actually works better in country music than it does in R&B. And I think that, you know, because of her aesthetic and just sort of because of the label and what they wanted to push from her or what they wanted, what they were willing to invest in her, they don't think that they would get, get a big, a big return yeah. in the country genre. And so they really just kind of gave a bunch of pushback around it. But I saw her perform at the CMAs and I really enjoyed it. And I think that, you know, a lot of black folks do like country because like you said, it's like country was birthed from the blues. Um, Somebody that listened to this black in country is, I don't know if she's actually in country, but I like Valerie June a lot. Uh, She's a little more folky, like Appalachian folky. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Not like really country, but you know, I'm saying country adjacent. And I listen to her music like religiously. I've seen her in concert a couple times. And I enjoy her a lot. But um I was asking you because, you know, it's always something going on with these doggone with, you know, this doggone Beyonce. <laughs> and I like Beyonce, like I'm a Beyonce um fan I, I, I like Beyonce like I'm not a Beyonce stan I'm not a part of the beehive or whatever I think I can objectively like follow Beyonce's career objectively like see what she's doing and pay attention to her and not be like super obsessed but just recently you know she came out with a country song did, are, did you know that did you know that uh yeah I heard about it I haven't heard the song though Okay. Um, I actually haven't heard the song either. I've heard some of it. Um, I know that they released it or whatever during the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, um she released her vi- the video and like the audio for it. And I know that like apparently it's like a country song. Um sure. when she came out with her album Lemonade, she had a song called Daddy's Girl. Yeah, it was called Daddy's Girl, and it's kind of also a country song. Um, or country, like I said earlier, country adjacent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I'm saying? It was only one track like that on her on her album Lemonade. Most of it was kind of like R and B, kind of like rap or whatever. But yeah, she recently was um released this song called Texas Hold'em. And you know, she is from Texas. She's mm-hmm. from she's from Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And when she released the song and people were like listening to it and you know stuff like that, everybody was like, "Oh, we think that you know she's gonna d- release a country like a full blown country album." Mm-hmm. And like, not even twenty four hours later, because the song was released on Super Bowl Sunday, um, not even twenty four hours later, she it, people the internet and the whole you know nation is in the uproar because a country station in Oklahoma, you know, issued a statement or sent an email to a a listener saying that they don't play Beyonce because Beyonce is not country. And it created this whole buzz on the internet that I felt was kind of disingenuous in my opinion. Mm. You know, (laughs) Um, like people all people like it's annoying to see like people sort of like, co-opt a movement about something when it's like not in reality like what's going on you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like first and foremost Beyonce is not a country music artist she is not a country singer she never has been she has always essentially been on the R&B charge started out on the R&B charge and like quickly moved over into like pop and now she's like an international sensational superstar you know what I'm saying like probably one of the biggest if not the biggest superstar in the whole wide world she bigger than Taylor Swift uh you know we got you know that's you know what we that is actually Text that to me because that is a topic for another day. We actually do not have the time for that today. I'm just asking questions. Go ahead, proceed. Okay, we got to talk about that at a later date, but I can't really answer that right now. I'm not going to get into that right now, but she is like the biggest star of all time in the world, essentially. Kanye West said it best. (laughs) Please don't ever say that phrase again. Okay, sorry. Kanye West said it best? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, G said just that one thing. Um, but Beyonce is not a country artist. You know what I'm saying? She never has been marketed as a country artist. You know what I'm saying? And like she has never been that person on the country charts where people are like, we want to hear Beyonce, you know, at, at the CMAs. Or I, when she came out with Daddy's Girl, there was a a conversation around her performing that song at the CMAs. And I think, you know, there was like a big pushback around it because she is not authentically like a country music artist. However, she had a song that kind of skewed more towards country and people thought that she needed to be on the CMAs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to the point now, I, I find it to be really annoying that like people are sort of like co-opting this this movement that's not really even all that important. The only reason why they want to like sort of like put any type of like power or energy behind it is because it's Beyonce. You know, when K. Michelle and other artists were trying to, you know, get into the country genre, nobody was really saying a word about it. Mm-hmm. That's thing number one. Thing number two is whoever was calling over here at this at this country station in Oklahoma, you don't ever listen to that country station in Oklahoma. Like, there is not a day in your life where you get in your car and flip on the radio and turn it to country ever in your life. But for some reason today, you decided to call into the radio station, ask him to play this song on the country music charge. I think it's asinine. 
and people all over the world or all over the nation who don't listen to country at all you over here bothering these white people about playing Beyonce on the radio on the country music station and I'm thinking surely you have something else to do with your time like don't try to pull the wool over our eyes like you so concerned about country music when all you're really concerned about is your fave being on the country music radio station and I think that like it's the most ridiculous thing I could have ever seen on the internet the day after Usher's concert Day after Usher's concert, not the Super Bowl. Usher's concert. <laughs> the day after Usher's thirteen-minute concert, I just feel like I was really annoyed by just like these conversations about Beyonce and country, and it's just like, why are y'all actually on Beyonce's internet wasting everybody's time? Because about... you just get Beyonce's internet. Because it is her internet. <laughs> It's Beyonce's internet, but don't be wasting Beyonce's internet talking about Beyonce being on the country station when she just fine sitting over here at the Breakfast Club at um uh 92.3 and 96.5 and 102.1. She just oh she is okay sitting over there on those stations. She do not gotta be on kissing FM. Well, she don't gotta be there. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like Beyonce is one of those few black artists that has like a I don't even know what to call it who has like a, a other world type of influence on her fan base yeah it's like when Beyonce can't hardly put out no bad music uh, Beyonce can't do no wrong uh, it's like it's like 99% of the stuff her fans do on her behalf she never said do it you know what I'm saying like they argue they go hard on the internet they bully people uh, they they jump down your throat when you you know what I'm saying when you speak, up, speak her name and she never like for the most part when is the last time that you read an interview by Beyonce? I haven't. I was actually talking to somebody about this recently. It's been a it's been a long time. Yeah. She barely speaks to the media. And when she is seen in public, she's not really making statements. It's people making statements on her behalf for the most part. She really doesn't talk to the media much. And I and I get it too, because she tries to, you know, there's a difference between when you're a superstar, uh, I believe that. Most superstars that got a little bit of sense will, will try to have a public persona and a private personality because mm -hmm. they understand that they have a job. At the same time, they do need like space and they have boundaries and things like that. And then you got some folks who just like public persona, uh, public everything. You know, I'm going I'm to walk with my wife naked in public. I'm going to say what's on my mind all the time on social media. She don't do none of that stuff. But, you know, yeah, like, you know, it's like people always step up to defend her. And we don't even know if she's even offended. Um, so, but this has been going on in music for a long time. And I say what I'm talking about is people who are artists understanding the, uh, the importance of you know, being a being crossover success. You know, we've seen people go from gospel 
to rock and roll, to blues, to R&B. Uh, prime example of somebody who's like a, really a crossover, crossover success as a superstar, and people don't really think about it, but it's Snoop. Snoop yeah. went from like straight, uh, I am America's most wanted, biggest crip in the world in the 90s, to like being friends with Martha Stewart. I mean, which is, she's also a criminal. So criminality kind of goes in hand in hand. But yeah, I'm just saying, you just don't think that the, I know, I know what you're saying, but you just don't <laughs> think like that somebody like him would be paired up with somebody like her. Uh, and, and, and she's a criminal. He's not. Uh, he, he, he beat all those charges, you know? I think the only yeah. thing he might have in his past might be some possession charges, which we know he stayed with it. So, you know what I'm saying? That ain't nothing. But, like, and, and he's done the same thing. He's been like a genre bender. He started off rapping. Snoop got a Snoop got an R&B album. Snoop got a reggae album. Snoop got a gospel album. So he didn't jump into everything outside of hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? And so, like... People understand that, like, you know, having crossover success is like, you know, uh, breeds longevity. And Beyonce has had crossover success. Uh, she just has had success, crossover success in a genre that's dominated by black artists. So her attempting to do a gospel, I mean, not gospel, I'm sorry, country song or doing a country song. I mean, it's just, you know, like you mentioned Ray Charles over. He was the same way, you know, what he did. Georgia on my mind. Everybody was kind of shocked that he went with the classical music in the background instead of the soulful music he was doing in the past. But uh, you know, hey, if she want to do a whole country album, you know, I, we already know it's going platinum. You know, ain't nothing gonna stop the the Beyonce train. It is Beyonce country <laughs> and the internet, if you if you will. But you know, what I'm saying like. The fans, man, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, you weren't listening. To, you you weren't watching the CMAs. I can't, nah. tell, you, I can't tell you what, what station in Little Rock plays country music. Kiss FM, maybe? I don't know. I think it's Kiss FM, but I don't know what number that is. <laughs> I don't know it either. I don't know it either. I just know it from the logo, you know. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't watch the CMAs. I don't watch the country music channel. Uh, I can't. I can't tell you who the uh, the top country singer is this past year or whatever band. You know, I just know like I have seen some other black women try to break into the uh, country music genre. That those are the ones y'all need to be going to complain to the station about. Because uh, you know, what I'm saying they were doing this, you know, years ago before this became a topic. And uh, I remember one group was like these three sisters, like literally sisters. Uh, and their video went viral a little while back. And, um, you know, people need to be. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Uh-huh. Yeah, people need to be fighting for them. And I'm I sorry, uh, I can't think of their name right now. I was planning on mentioning their name. But, you know, oh, yeah, uh, Chap Chapel Heart. Chapel Heart. That's the name of the group. Chapel Heart. They from Mississippi. They, you know what I'm saying? They trying to break down those barriers, 
you know, before this became a topic. So go support them. Go go request their music. They sound dope on stage, you know what I'm saying? But Beyonce don't really need your help. Like, real talk, you know, she can continue to be a success. She can continue to uh, be a crossover success. And, you know what I'm saying, she's a... Uh, she in a whole different, whole different league with this. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she a mega superstar, and you can't, you can't really stop what she got going on right now. You know? Yeah, and I'm not saying. My thing is, I'm not mad that she wanted to do that, have a country album. I think she should be able to make any kind of music that she wants to make. But don't play in our face like she's a mega, she's a mega country artist when she's not. When there are other people, you know, because people would be like, oh, black women did. And I'm like, the only black woman y'all seem to be caring about these days is Beyonce. But like you said, there's other black women and black artists who are fighting for, you know, to stake a claim in different genres. And we don't see y'all talk about them at all. So don't play in my face about Beyonce. But I hope. I hope she make all the every genre of music. I hope she picks up an instrument in her next installment and do a little electric purgatory and give us some fishbone or give us a little um TV uh TV on the radio, you know, give us a little bad brains and go full blown electric rock. That's what I would, that's what I want Beyonce to do, and I want y'all to fight for her in the rock category. When she playing the electric guitar or the bass, we or maybe got, she'll play the drums. We got we got her on that electric guitar. Yeah, maybe, but maybe Beyonce will actually become a musician and play music and become a rock star for real in real life. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna see all that, but let's see. <laughs> I'm willing to be. I, let's let's put some money on it. You you gonna hear it first on the um on the as a matter of black. You heard it first on the as a matter of black. Already, <laughs> you heard it first from Bully, from the goat herself. <laughs> yep. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that I had to get that off my chest. That really had that really was kind of bothering me a little bit. So I'm just happy that sounds like that should have been a buoy's corner topic too. You're right. It's crazy because I we actually have a buoy's corner this time. I think, but like you know, in a show. This is just like my episode. It is. <laughs> you you started all complaining about me. I ain't even respond. So you know what I'm saying this is all about you, really. <laughs> You don't hang me out there to dry. <laughs> just, I, I I feel like you're in a very vulnerable state right now, so I'm not gonna mess with you. <laughs> I've, I've I've been able to do a lot of thinking, you know, for the past month. So you're yeah. right. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just gotta vent, and your friends just need to sit back and listen a little bit. And I'm pretty sure so many people are not going to agree or people, maybe people have more of a more like educated response, but this is just what I feel like I noticed and what I see on the internet. And I just, I just did not like it. Hey, so there. I feel you. 
What else has been happening in the world these days? You know, well, I don't know about the world, but you know, here locally, shout out to the city, shout out to Arkansas, shout out to Little Rock. But here lo locally, there has been a lot of, um, a lot of backlash, feedback, a lot of social media talk about, you know, our establishments here in the capital city, you know what I'm saying? And we, and we, um, we've been seeing, uh, I guess an upswing in like customers giving their reviews and input on places, which I think is just a part of a social media trend. I think that's going on nationally. People are talking about who got the best food or reviewing people's service, uh, giving a, you know, thoughts like straight, straight off the, off the rip, you know, the first time they go somewhere. <clears throat> what's, what's the guy that's like famous for going into the restaurants and he can make or break your business with a good or bad review. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Keith Lee. Keith Lee, yeah. Talk real fast. And so people are like, you know, I know, he, and I, and I, I, before listeners start acting like he the he the originator, he's not. I'm just saying that he's one of the most popular right now. But like, I think his popularity and a lot of other people who do reviews popularity has like really uh, motivated others. To just be brutal, brutally honest about their experience when they go to these uh, black-owned establishments or white-owned establishments or, or whatever, you know, they hopping on social media real quick, and so we've been seeing this for the last few months uh, with different concerts here. Uh, one in particular, the big tank show at Charlie's place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying we we had another concert recently you know um, at Simmons Arena a lot of customer feedback attendees are giving feedback we've seen it with you know saying there's one restaurant that just opened up in December uh, the experience and so like everybody's, you know, I, that, that's what I've been seeing on social media a lot. Everybody just constantly giving their opinions about, you know, places that they patronize, you know? Definitely. And I don't know, how do you, like, how do you feel about it? Because I know how I feel about it. Um, how I feel about it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, for one, let me say, let me say this real quick. I am, I, I support small business owners. You know, that really don't apply to Simmons Arena, but I support small business owners. So if I have a bad experience the first time I go to a local Black-owned business, I don't write them off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I write off franchises. Like, you know, that's what I do for the most part, you know? Like you ain't gonna catch me in the McDonald's drive-through. That just don't, that's not just just not gonna happen. I don't fool with them, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to be putting money in their pockets, you know what I'm saying? And 
that's just my choice. Probably not gonna catch me in Walmart a, a whole lot. I don't. I, I choose not to shop there. You know, what I'm saying bad experiences, overcharging me, all type of stuff like that. But I so I, I I try to extend grace to like small business owners, and so like I feel like this. I'm not saying that I got to give them my unconditional support, but I give I give you like, you know, what I'm saying a good four five times to piss me off. And before I say I, I can't go there no more. And I think that's fair. You know, I I don't think I should have four or five back-to-back -back bad experiences. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, four to five back-to-back, -back, like you get my order wrong or somebody got a nasty attitude with me every time I show up. Uh, you know, th that's the way I do it because I understand people have their, their days. You know, every day you wake up, it ain't going to be a good day to deal with people. But since you are in the business of service, I feel like, you know, you should kind of put your best foot forward. I am one of those people that you are not going to have to talk. When I walk away from the table, you're not going to walk talk talk bad about me and my tip because I tip good. If I ain't got it to tip, I don't go out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm going I'm to uphold my end of the bargain. You've been out with me several times, many times. You know that I'm not a problem when I go somewhere. Like I don't, I don't ask a whole lot from the bartender, from the waiter or waitress. You know, I, I typically order what I need. I get it. I don't have a whole lot of. Can you bring me this? Can you bring me this? Or, or I, I don't send stuff back a lot, stuff like that. I'm, I'm cool. I'm the one that I'm, I'm the one that you really don't even have to like hold no casual conversation with. So like. That's why I say that's what my stance is the way it is, because I, you know, that's an industry where I feel like I'm. That's not my. That's not my ministry right there. So I feel like you know we do need to extend grace to, uh, to small business owners. Sometimes it takes a while before they can get it right and and you know start running in it and get their niche going. But I am gonna talk to my friends. I'm be like, look, man, I went to such and such. Hey, let me tell you what they was on. But I ain't gonna put it on social media. Like I, my whole thing is, I'm not gonna tear down your business on social media. Uh, I'm not gonna put my name up there on the reviews. Like, trust me, yo. If, if you know you you keep acting the way you act, I ain't really got to even put it out there. And I don't really, you know, what I'm saying a lot of times if I do shout out a business online, it's because I've had a great, um, great time there, when, and that's rare. You know, so I, I prefer to be more low key about with the places I go anyway, unless you just always see me somewhere. But yeah, we we getting in that era. We seeing it where it's like, hey, everybody got some feedback for how they uh they latest trip went to this business. You know. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are like trying to become like the next Keith Lee or like the next. You know what I'm saying? Business, um, business review, business customer review person, which I'm not really mad at them because it does seem like it's fun. And I mean, we've seen it with like um, Anthony Bourdain and like some of these other like travel mm. uh, TV shows and things like that where people were going around, you know, reviewing different things and you know, showcasing like 
restaurants and places and bars and stuff that they really enjoy. So I think a lot of people actually like the concept of being able to do that because everybody has a different perspective about what's good for them and like what's, you know, in terms of like the atmosphere and the environment and the deals and the, you know, um, quality and stuff like that. I think one of the things that I feel like I'm noticing is that like, it's so it's such an interesting like paradigm because um I think about what I think about mostly is like the hair, the hair and beauty industry, um, and how that's really shifted a lot um in the last, I don't know, maybe like decade or so, maybe. I really can't say because I'm not a huge like salon person. Mm. But I know when I used to go to the salon, my experience in the salon is was vastly different than what it is now. And a lot of people have been making, you know, complaints about their experiences with these new age salons, like where you got to pay a deposit, and, like you can't be late and like you have to wash your hair and you have to like braid your hair or you have to like detangle your hair and you have to do all this stuff before you can go and get a service. And then on top of that, you paying for said service as well and so it just feels like the quality of things are going down but the prices of things are going up and people are still kind of expected to to pay for those services even though it's kind of subpar and um the people that own businesses is the ones that really kill me about this because I've known like so many, I know a lot of business owners and especially people that own salons and they kind of talk about their experiences and like, they don't really care what people think about their, you know, um, what is it? like their terms of certain, their terms and conditions and stuff like that. Like they're not really concerned about that. They just know that like, if you want to come get your hair done here, then this is what you have to do. You know, but then when people turn around and like critique it, they don't want to hear that. Like they don't want to be held accountable for like these crazy, like asinine, like terms and conditions that they have all for me to be turning around and paying you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not paying me. Like I'm giving you the heart, my heart earned money, but I got to get cussed out before I even come to your before I even come to your establishment, you cussing me out 50 pages on your website. And I think that's crazy. But if I had something to say about it, then you mad at the world or you mad at the customers. And now you got to try to insult people or play on insult people and play on their intelligence and talk about how, you know, we, we don't run businesses. And it's just like, no, we don't run businesses. We just patronize them. And like, if we weren't patronizing the business, you wouldn't have one to try to throw it in our face about you running it. And I think that's something that's like kind of irritating. Like when somebody patronizes a business or uh, goes to a show or they like pay money for something and they talk about their experience, whether it's good or it's bad, it's not in the business owner's best interest to like try to throw in somebody's face that like they don't run a business. Because the fact of the matter is that like, we don't run a business. You run a business. And if I say something about your business that's adverse, you that's your cue to like tighten up. It's not your cue to get offended. Because no, we don't run businesses. We keep businesses open. That's what customers do. <laughs> like customers 
keep businesses open or customers help businesses close down like and if you don't know the difference then maybe you are the bad maybe you also don't run business you know what I mean and so I feel like that's one of the things I feel like I see a lot is people like try to like lessen somebody's opinion because they're not a business owner or they haven't really put on an event with more than you know 10 people but it's like no we haven't done that we come we came to your event because we thought you did that we thought you actually put on events with tens of tens of thousands of people but it's clear that you don't do that either because the experience that we had was poor you know what I mean or like it's clear that you don't know how to run a business either because the food that you brought out was cold. <laughs> like we see that you also, you know what I mean? Like are not a good bartender because this tastes like juice and there's no like liquor in here. And so I feel like people, business owners that do that is like, they should have better business acumen and understand that like people come out to spend their hard-earned money to have good experiences or at least moderate experiences. And we know that everything can't be perfect. And we understand that you're a small business, you don't have the capacity, this, that, the third. But we also understand that like if you put yourself out there and you take the risk and you take on the burden of being a business owner, you don't really get that much slack from people paying their hard-earned money for a service or a product or an experience. Mm -hmm. Like... I understand giving people grace, but where's the grace for my pockets when I pay you money and I, and this is not good. Where's the grace for me? Yeah. I, I think see, man, we, you know, it's a different era now. You know what I'm saying? It's a different era. Like I know a lot of people wish we could go back to like you know everybody not being able to like talk about stuff 24 7 uh but that's just the reality that we in now man i know it's got to be stressful to run a business nowadays you know it's got to be um because people have access to social me media and that therefore like gives them a platform to talk about whatever they want to, whenever they feel like it. And, you know, so my whole thing is like, as an owner of a business, you know, you shouldn't, you should understand that going back and forth with people online is not a good look for your business. Um, You know, that's that's just not going like that's that's not going to help the business at all. You got to focus on having quality service, quality products, uh, quality representation, and and uh and um you know just just a good a good name and brand. Um, so a lot of stuff you can't even take personal. If somebody don't like their food, somebody don't like where you set them at, somebody don't like what you gave them. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to you got to try to handle that behind the scenes. And even if they get on your page and leave a negative review, that's not your that's not your opportunity to like. Well, I'm gonna talk bad about them and they party, or talk bad about them and how they came in here. 
the more attention you bring to the negative, you know what I'm saying, that's just going to encourage other people to do the same thing. Man, we 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 in a society now where you know what I'm saying people uh gonna follow in the footsteps of what the next man do just just to see if they can get some type of attention. You know, and so like if you argue with somebody about they how they feel how what bad review they left on your business, you just open yourself up to take more shots. And so yeah, like you got to run your business and keep in mind that like you can't take everything personal. This is this is like literally what every business has to do, not outside of like the restaurants, you know what I'm saying? Like this is every business. If you if, if you own a professional football team, you can't respond to people saying your team suck. You know what I'm saying? Like leave them alone. They mad, maybe y'all do suck. They mad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When y'all start winning games, they're gonna change the way they they gonna change their tool. People, yeah. people like I gave an example earlier about McDonald's. People get mad at McDonald's every day and they keep going back. Going back to McDonald's. That's like, true. You want to argue with somebody in McDonald's drive-thru? Like I, I get it. This one thing when it's the employees up and they're getting treated bad, but like the owner. <laughs> Like, you think the owner of McDonald's got time to respond to somebody like, oh, I'm so tired. Every time I get my tea, I say I want to sweeten, and they give me unsweetened tea. I come up here every day, and they do the same, make the same mistake. The owner like, you dummy, you come up here every day. And why you say they come back to McDonald's? Yeah, thank you for spending $27 this week. I appreciate <laughs> it. I didn't even need it, but I got it. Thank you. So you're going to continue to complain to come up there. You know what I'm saying? You got to get to the point where you you have built a reputation for yourself where people want to support you regardless. It's important to you, but it's, it's still important to have quality service, quality product, a good brand, all of that type of stuff. But like yeah. you can't get caught up in the negative because that negative would get you caught up in like always taking everything you do in person when you know you can't be the owner the chef, the bartender, the waitress, the server, the door person, the, uh, the secretary, PR. You can't be all of those roles. It's impossible. So you got to just trust that, you know what I'm saying, trust the process and know that you're going to eventually have a, a business that most people are going to like. Uh, but, yeah, the customer's going to make complaints. And then the thing about it is a lot of times you take that constructive criticism and you switch it around. You can turn that negative into a positive and then generate generate even more success. But they've been going hard in, in, in Little Rock lately. It's like they, they got they got time today. They got time today. You know. And it's funny because the customers got time, the business owners got time. Well, a place closed the other day and was like, it's y'all fault that we closed. It was like the community wasn't supporting us. I'm like, damn, how the community get in it? Man, that business which will I which I will not say the name of it, that's just messy. That's just messy. You I thought that was so messy. You don't sit there and throw the community under the bus and your staff. <laughs> like, come on now. Like that is that is 
top tier messiness right there. That that that's that's tornado through the house messy. You know what I'm saying? Like just say at the end of the last sentence, all the best. Man, that business personally, I saw people parking on the side of the highway illegally to walk across a ditch to go in on on, on the on the on the biggest nights that, that that's city, actually crazy. City, yes. Like you know you know the city come out when the police can't even get give everybody a ticket for parking on the entrance to the freeway. Like that's how they was shutting stuff down. That business was charging fifty dollars to park on those type of nights. Fifty dollars to park. They don't even charge that much at the arena. Fifty dollars to park. Fifty, sixty dollars to park on them nights when they had people like Tank and Boosie. You know, and so the reason why y'all got to close y'all doors after a big concert this past weekend. The reason why y'all got to close y'all doors. According to y'all, is because of lack of community support. I know y'all turned away opportunities to work with a lot of people early on. That was that real people the wrong way. When I say turn people away, I ain't talking about the average customer. I'm talking about people who wanted to use your space to 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 do events and things like that. You turned them away. You know, so like that. Um, that when you say lack of community support, that's really. I, I don't think that's fair. And and another thing I'll say is this right here. When you run a business seven days of the week, you got to, like, Fridays and Saturdays is not going to keep you alive in this city. You got to have people patronizing you on lunch. You got to do something on Monday special, Tuesday special, Wednesday, Thursday special. Because the weekend warriors is not going to keep your business open. So, you know. And don't have them crazy hours in the middle of the week. Yeah. Crazy hours. If you serve food, it's just my opinion that you need to be open every day during lunch. During lunch. Point blank period. Food gonna always get bought. And you in a if you in a good location, you know what I'm saying? You can make money, you can make lunch can be big for you every day. Especially if you got a staff back there in the kitchen. I ain't talking about one cook. You know what I'm saying? You multiple cooks, uh people. Working the grill, working the dishes, all of that type of stuff. You gotta, you gotta have that going to make your lunch successful. But yeah, you know, lack of lack of support from the community, then you throw your staff under the bus. Like, come on, who gonna want to work for you ever again? When you say due to not having the right staff, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I know I ain't applying for that again. You didn't already told everybody that I I ain't the, I ain't the one for you. So you know, I already told everybody you don't have no respect for your employees. So yeah, you know, is it is what it is. But like I say, get off social media. You shouldn't. Even, you shouldn't even. You shouldn't even make that explanation as your post on social media. Even if you felt that way, that shouldn't be the post. So yeah, I think that you should have a team of people that's focused on your social media stuff. And they should be able to bring that stuff back to you and say, this is the stuff that we need to improve. Like, you need to take the stuff from social media as a as constructive criticism so that you can make improvements to your business. And I think the other thing for people who are patron who patronize, like I think it is good to be able to say, like as a patron, 
give people grace, small businesses and things like that and kind of, you know, just be as supportive as you can. And, and also, like, if you do leave a review, maybe talk about your good experiences with the bad experiences and not just, you know, like you said, just loop in a whole bunch of negative stuff. But one, we going to figure out one of these days, you know, people just don't, I, I'm really interested to see like how all of this kind of plays out in people creating businesses and people wanted to like go out and spend money you know because it's one thing to hear see people talk about their bad experiences and then it kind of does discourage you from wanting to experience it yourself i i really i recently had somebody tell me recently like well we gonna stay away from this place until you know they get a little more time because like they was like all we see is like Sorry. Hang on. Yeah, I mean, see, I'm the opposite. Like, real talk, like, I don't even read people's reviews a lot of times on a business. Only only, only reviews I read on a business is a hotel. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to lay my head nowhere that people complain about unsanitary conditions. But, like, I barely even read that stuff when it comes to restaurants because you know, it's all up to the person a lot of times. Sometimes people go out looking to complain. So, I mean, not, not and, and people don't know how to treat restaurant workers anyway. Uh, they You can't treat them like a slave. You can't sit there and put the tip on the table every time they do something wrong, take snatch a dollar away. Like, I don't believe in that type of stuff. So, you know. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, like people talking about do this right here, put ten dollars on the table and every time the rate. Uh, man, if I see somebody do that, I'm getting up and I'm walking. I, I'm gonna pay my tab, but I'm 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 walking out. I don't eat with nobody who do foolishness like that, you know. That's just that's just bottom of the barrel uh behavior right there, you know what I'm saying? I don't do that. But I don't really read reviews like that either, you know. So well, I'm just happy that I'm not one of those people um, and that I just do my best to, to patronize folks. And I do give people grace, but I will tell people about my bad experience. Um, it, it, it didn't always deter me from like going back, though. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of going back. What's good? <laughs> I just want to know is Fonnie Williams going to help us get Trump to go back to jail? You're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. <laughs> First off, her name is Fonnie Willis. I don't know where the Williams came <laughs> in, but you, need, but you need to take a step back. That's Fonnie Willis. Great. Okay. Come on. Well, well all I know, I, don't I could actually... call you Buble, but I don't do it. I don't call you Buble. All right. <laughs> I feel like that in Marnalago Mar or whatever. There's there's just so much. I just can't honestly can't keep up with it. And I actually have no idea what's going on with this case. All I know is what I heard. Already. It so sound pretty fallacious. So yeah, in, in short, I'll tell you what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Real quick. Uh for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh the main prosecutor. In uh, the main prosecutor in the election interference case, you know, when they was talking about Trump was trying to, you know, uh, basically 
accused people of stealing the election. When he was actually trying to steal the election, the main prosecutor is Fonnie Willis. And basically, Trump lawyers have came up with this strategy to get her disqualified from the uh, election case over accusations that she had a romantic relationship with one of her subordinates. And they basically saying that all this work that she did as the district attorney um, in the prosecution of Donald Trump needs to be thrown out because of this romantic relationship she had um, that they feel was, uh, I, they, they, they're, they're basically trying to say is a conflict of interest in the case. So y'all see like these videos circulating where she had to, you know what I'm saying, basically uh, handle some folks on these questions. They've been talking about why was she in a relationship with this other lawyer? Uh, they was talking about trips that they went on, basically. And she didn't have to stray some people out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the, the man that they say she was in a relationship with, uh, they saying she hired him and paid them like, you know, in 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 the six figures with of money to work on this case. And at the same time, she had an ongoing romance with him. And they saying that that's wrong. So it's been clips of her just basically telling them that like, this is what I did. Y'all playing games because I'm not the one on trial. Uh, she said, a man is not a plan. Okay. I felt that, you know what I'm saying? A man is not a plan. And she basically had to like defend herself uh, taking trips, giving him money on the trips, giving him cash on the trips, and basically saying that that has nothing to do with this election case, which I agree, it really doesn't. But I think it's just the prime example of like white men feeling, feeling threatened by black women in power. And them going out their way to try to discredit uh, their uh, experience, their professionalism, their qualifications. You know, this is like, I felt like this was an attack on her specifically because she was a black woman over this big case and involving the president. And at the same time, it's like the audacity not the man that got all these sexual assault uh, allegations, uh, you know what I'm saying? The same person that got all these complaints from former employees about, you know, in, being inappropriate and, you know what I'm saying, not, you know, upholding like commitments and agreements and stuff like that the guy that's been bankrupt over and over again, the guy that won't show his taxes, all this type of stuff, to go after this woman for, you know, saying this relationship that she admit to having. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that this is like a telling moment in our country when, you know what I'm saying, we take all the attention away from the prime suspect just to focus on the person that's been put in charge of something. She she ain't jump up and say, <clears throat> put me on that case. No, nah, she the district attorney. That was her job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
And, you know, the way the, the attack that she's experienced in court, you know, asking different questions about her personal life and having to bring her father, uh, well, not, she didn't have to bring her father, but her father being questioned about why would she be using cash on vacation trips? It's like, it ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he didn't have to get up there and explain to her the history of why black people keep cash on them. Because they, you know, we don't never want to get caught in a situation where we just can't use our credit card, our debit card, or uh, or people won't accept a check. And that's why we do it. I'm like, I totally agree. I might tell somebody I don't have cash, but because I want to hold on to my cash as long as I can to use it when I really need it. I've always been that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to swipe this debit card because I'm going to use that cash when I got to use that cash. You know what I'm saying? Like like yesterday, I went to go support a bit a local business. And they said, hey, we right now we just cannot accept debit card transactions. Uh, can you cash app us or can you pay cash? I said, no, I'll just pay you cash. Tell me what it is. I'll give you exact change. They were like, oh, okay. Because everybody else using cash app. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to use cash app for this. But that just go to show you, like, I'm going to use it when I got to use it. And she having to explain to them that, like, that man wasn't, I wasn't giving that man money, paying him on the case so we could go take lavish trips with each other. And when I and when we did it, everything, we split it down in the middle. And so, yeah, I paid my part off with cash. Because that's what I had to do. But how do you feel about that, you know what I'm saying? Like, are they, like, really trying to discredit her because she a black woman? Or do you feel like it's legitimate that they bring this type of stuff up in a case like that? Well, I feel like it's interesting and I hate to be the person that's just like, is it all interconnected? But I feel like a lot of stuff is interconnected. Um, you know, when Fonnie, Fonnie Williams, Fonnie, I'm about to call her Fonnie Williams again. Jeez, I don't know where I'm getting Williams from. I'm thinking about Wendy Williams, <laughs> but we'll talk about that another time, time too. But I feel like was she not like instrumental in the prosecution of Young Thug and like Gunner and like the YSL and all of that stuff? Yeah. Like, I feel like she was very integral in that. And then it was something else. I feel like there, when there was a police, this is this gonna, this gonna sound so terrible, but when there was like the police shooting, uh, you know, one of the one of the many police shootings, um. In it must be in Fulton County, I'm assuming. I don't know what county, but somewhere in Atlanta, in Georgia, wherever, the police shooting of like another unarmed black man. I thought she might have had the opportunity to like prosecute or like punish the the officer that like killed that that man, but like she didn't do anything. Like she didn't do anything, and I'm assuming you know for whatever reason, like I don't know how these types of things work. But that person was like not punished. He didn't have any type of he, like nothing really happened to this um, regarding the situation regarding the police officer and him killing this this unarmed black man in that in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if like those two things and then her going after Trump somehow are like interconnected. You know what I'm saying? It felt like she doesn't really carry the brunt of like the black community on her shoulder nor should she be, be responsible for that 
But I feel like those two instances are like really interesting things that, that happened where it felt like, you know, maybe she could have done more for the black community, but she didn't. And now she's kind of going after Trump. And I think people are, maybe people assumed that like she was sort of like a pawn in this whole grand scheme of things and like, like not really like being a person to help the black community because of what she, like because of those two cases. But then when she went after Trump, now people are like needing to have something on her to kind of vilify her and demonize her because now it feels like maybe she's not on their side anymore because she's going after this big fish that's like Trump. It sounds very like tenfold koofy to me almost, like conspiracy theory to me. Like I know that's how it sounds like saying it and I may not even be making sense, but it's like, is Fonnie Willis on the side of like black people or is she not? Is essentially like what I'm saying. And like, it's the fact that like all this stuff was going on and maybe she felt like she could fly under the radar and do some really crazy stuff. Like, first of all, why is you having this relationship with this man and using like inappropriate funds to like pay for it? Like, why is that actually a thing? And like, should we really be giving her all this like grace and having all this like, you know what I'm saying, sympathy for her when like, it didn't really seem like she had sympathy for us when she on the side of like police or seemingly on the side of like cops essentially for mm-hmm. to me at least um but to your point i feel like it's also i'm sounding double minded to your point trump and all these other people can get away with doing all kinds of like egregious things and like fanny can just do a little something that just seems kind of inappropriate or seems like she's maybe misappropriating funds or what have you and they're ready to throw the book at her and I feel like that's sort of like what we do see in a lot of like American, the American justice system is that like, oh, we're going to try to deflect this person, de- deflect, you know, from what the true issue is by like putting all this heat and like vilifying and like criminalizing this this black person to make them seem like they're the person that's doing something wrong so that we can, you know, take the attention off of like the person that's actually guilty and that needs to be punished. So I don't know, like, I'm not going to say, oh, she deserves it, but I'm also, I also kind of feel like maybe rightful, maybe rightfully so her being in the hot seat is like, it's kind of like warranted, you know what I mean? Cause like, maybe you need to be over there tightening up and you ain't just like, you're not flying under the radar like you thought you were. And like, I also wonder if like a lot of black people are like rallying behind her or kind of like just kind of letting her kind of be out there left to herself and her to her own devices because of how she'd been running stuff over there in Atlanta with like this YSL stuff and these police shootings. And like to what I was saying earlier, I really haven't been following it. I've been kind of picking up like the bigger, the big pieces of it. And like I've known about her and the these other cases that it felt like she didn't do anything to like help the situation. And like, she really did let black people down, like in regards to some of this stuff. Um, but I don't know if she, if she has to carry that on her, like maybe she is just doing her job and like per her responsibilities, like she has to punish these people. And like that police officer, you know, had to basically get his job back and not, you know, get punished for like killing a, a unarmed black man. I don't know. Um, 
I do feel like though, for whatever for what is worth, also, I think that like all the stuff that's happening with her and this man is going to unfortunately like mess up the thing with with get with prosecuting Trump. Like I honestly think it's gonna have an impact and like it's gonna be all for naught because he gonna be on the ballot in November. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I think he definitely gonna end up on the ballot in November still. Uh, my thing is okay. So one about the money, I don't think the money is really in question as far as like did she misappropriate funds? Uh, she just paid him to work on the case. And okay, they gotta have a lawyer. To, they gotta have several lawyers to do that. You know, anyway. So he wasn't the only lawyer. <clears throat> Where she messed up at was, yeah, you shouldn't. Have, it wasn't illegal what you did, but you shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Mixing business with pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's always going to look a certain type of way. Um, you know, especially when you the you are the boss and somebody works under you. Like, yeah. that ain't never going to, it ain't going to never look right. I know, it was, I know it looked good in the 1800s and 1700s and early 1900s, but in the year 2024, 2023? Nah. That ain't ain't how you do it. Uh, Even though men have been getting away with doing stuff like that for years. uh, There's always been uh, the rumors about the boss and the secretary. You know what I'm saying? Uh, In that position. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think we question. I don't think they're questioning the money. The reason why they're questioning the money is because, you know, they are saying that how was this? Um, was he taking you on dates and you pay <laughs> you paying him through you to pay pay for this type of stuff, taking you on these trips? Or that, is that what you were paying him for? And she was. She was just, she's just like, nah, you know, when he took me here, I gave him money for that. When he took me here, I gave him money for that too. And and then and she kind of just put it out there, really made him look kind of crazy. She said a woman can't do nothing for him, uh, but make him a sandwich. And that's why they stopped, and that's why they stopped fooling with each other, you know, because of his attitude. Um, and then you are right. Um you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she behind both of those incidents, the Young Thug or Rico situation, the indictment, and the um the uh the unarmed shooting of another black man. She behind that, her office is behind that. But like like you mentioned, that was, that's her job. Yeah. When you elect her, you know what I'm saying? We always talking about electing these uh, district attorneys, these prosecuting attorneys that will have the interests of the people in mind over the interests of law enforcement and the judicial system. Yeah. And so when they elected her, I didn't know who she was, but when they elected her, they chose her because they thought she would be the best at doing this. Now, I don't know her history as far as like what she's done in the past, but this is the reason... Why it's important that, like, you know, we put the right people in office to have our backs in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
a lot of uh, you got to have a prosecutor who's not afraid to like piss off the the local government and just do what's right. And so, like, you know, what I'm saying a lot of folks might not have feel that she had everybody back in the situation. The young thug situation, that's a different, that's a different, like, you know, what I'm saying uh, different situation to me. Um, but you know, definitely when we talking about giving officers. They badge back after they done shot somebody unarmed. Oh no, we, you know we we definitely don't we we ain't never agreeing with that. But you know, what I'm saying as far as like them investigation, when you get hit with the RICO charges, I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> when you get hit with the RICO, come on, we talking about the RICO. That's that's federal stuff. That that's that's more than just the local uh, district attorney's office. Now we talking about. You know, FBI and the feds then got involved in that type of stuff. And that when the words indictment show up, we they, we talking about they sat and watched you for months and months, sometimes years. Yeah. So you know, saying so that's that thing right there. But I definitely feel like you know, hey, this this incident would have probably been swept under the rug had it not been a, a black woman involved in this, or maybe not. But I just feel like it's, it was a racist tactic to go after her uh, like that, uh, considering all the shit that men do. But at the same time, like, you know, if the black community don't want her in this position, go use your voice and go vote next time somebody, they, next time it's election season and get somebody, get her a better opponent and put the pressure on her, but you know what I'm saying, you know, she gonna be she gonna be in this position until, you know what I'm saying, there's, you know, somebody there to like challenge her or whatever. Uh but I but I think that for the most part, like, you know, I don't know what if she what what she took the lead on doing, but a lot of this stuff just fall on her being the district attorney and this is the type of stuff the district attorney Handles, you know what I'm saying? But 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 I'm glad we're talking about this because hey, this primary season right now, uh, we got a whole bunch of important judicial elections here in Arkansas. It's important elections all over the country. It's way more important on a local level what you're doing than when we start talking about presidential stuff. So pay attention to the judges, the prosecutor attorney, the district attorney, attorneys, uh, all of the judges. In, in in these uh district courts, these court of appeals, everywhere it's important that y'all elect the right people. Your local uh state supreme court, that's important too. Because you know, they be making these decisions that end up pissing us off or end up making us happy at the end of the day, you know. Definitely agree. I'm kind of excited for the local um the local elections this year. Not so much for the presidential election, but, you know, that's something else we can also talk about at a later date. But, I mean, hopefully, what, I mean, I don't know, whatever will come from this, hopefully it's a good outcome for uh, for Fani, and hopefully what we hope to see go on, go down with Trump, like, actually happens, and that, like, he can be prosecuted for, like, the criminal that he actually is, and you know, black women don't have to be the scapegoat for, you know, for people in their indiscretions. That's what I can hope. That's all I can say and hope from this whole situation. 
Agree. Well, before we get out of here, as if as if I didn't have enough opinion to this episode. <laughs> I just got one more opinion. You know, oh. what I like to call a really fun segment, Boobies Corner. It's just like a part of the podcast where I just get some stuff off my chest. I already did that earlier. I already know. But this is other thing that's really been bothering me with social media. And like, I'm pretty sure at this point I should probably just get off of social media. But it is something going on with the algorithms. Mm. Um, and most, like more specifically, I feel like it's on Instagram because I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm often on Twitter, but like I don't see this as much. But on Instagram, you can just do one little thing and it throws off your algorithm like completely. And that really bothers me. Like, because right now I've been spending a lot of time on social media. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but like I don't really have much going on right now. So I just get on social media and I'm always on social media. That's where I spend most of my time. And so the other day, I'm just scrolling on the Explorer page. And I see like this image. I didn't really know what it was. So let's just be clear. I didn't know what it was. No, I was just like, what is this? And it just made me, I just, I don't know, whatever I saw just compelled me to like click on it. So I clicked on it and it was like a video of this lady on a treadmill and like a G-string only only a g-string and she's on a treadmill and it's just like her butt her like naked butt on the treadmill just like walking on the treadmill that is disgusting uh send me that link <laughs> disgusting i didn't mean, I mean, see what you're talking about send that to me I, I didn't think it was disgusting or whatever. I just didn't know what it was. And I was like, it was shocking to see just like this G-string, this lady on a, with a G-string a on the thing. And it probably was like a 15 second video. And so I just like clicked on it and I watched it and I was like, OMG, like what is going on? And then I like clicked out of it. And then immediately I'm going back to the Explorer page and all I see is like naked buns. Ah, this is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. All I see is just like buns. And now for the last three days, I'm every so often I'm scrolling through my um explorer page and I just see butt. Oh. And I That's typically so don't like look at butt on my thing. I, I don't really look at butt on my thing at all. Like it's just not for my like it's not my aesthetic. It's not for my consumption. Like, I am not the demographic for, like, naked booty videos. It's just not me. And so now I'm just really frustrated by the algorithms um, because I don't want to see that. And then I feel like also recently, like, all of these, like, marriage proposal and, like, baby announcement things have been coming up. And I'm just like, okay, I liked one marriage proposal or I liked somebody that I knew announcing that they're having a baby. And now all I see is like gender reveals and like get ready with me and decorate my nursery or like come bridal gown shopping with me. And it's like, hey, I don't care. 
I liked one video like that, or I commented on one thing, and now my algorithm is just like everybody that's getting married or everybody that's like for Valentine's Day, you see all this crazy stuff on your algorithm. And I don't know how to get it back because now I can't find the videos that I actually like and enjoy because my my algorithm is inundated with naked butt, pregnancy announcement, wedding announcements, and and couple relationship stuff. Look, I personally want to extend my heartfelt, <laughs> warm, sincerest uh, apologies for what Instagram <laughs> has done to your Explore page. Uh, <laughs> I personally would like to see your phone one day and take a glance at your Explore page um, for research purposes um, to see how we can get it back to normal. You know what I'm saying? I need help getting it back to normal. I mean, talking about booty, just booty. Just uh, naked, not booty, naked booty. Naked booty. Man, let me let me see your phone. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, but I understand that because my explore page has evolved uh over time. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I have to share my explore page with you personally so you can see what I'm getting in my algorithms too. But yeah, it's it's you know, uh algorithms are it's funny, you know what I'm saying? Like your phone, that social media app is like really reading your activity and seeing what you're doing, and then coming back with a whole lot of suggestions for you. And so, yeah, you know, I, it's it's something that really, honestly, uh, you have to go deliberately change on your own by your interactions and what you like. Yeah. I, I see this announcement on Facebook all the time and I just be laughing at people because it's like, they like, uh, I'm tired of my Facebook algorithm, like this status so I can uh, reset the algorithms. And it's funny to me because it's like, okay, so you know that your algorithms are based on like who you interact with mostly on there. So asking for a, a, a reset more than likely, the people who see that are going to be the people that have been seeing what you've done and, and who you've been interacting <laughs> with. So when you make that status, there's like a 10% chance that the people who haven't been seeing your posts are going to see that. Uh, also, uh, on your post, if you notice that you're not getting a lot of likes and comments and interaction on your post, it's all determined by like what happens in the first two to three minutes of your post. If you don't really get any interaction on that, then it's going to be kicked back on the timeline and, and less and less people are going to see it versus if I make a status and it's just funny as hell and I start getting like after like after like immediately, that is what really resets your algorithm. So it's how interesting you make uh, your content. That's what resets your algorithm because if I make a post... Uh, I like I made a post recently, a uh, Facebook post. I'm not no, a Facebook post on Valentine's Day. The same thing on Twitter. It got some responses to it. A lot of folks who hadn't been paying attention to what I said liked it all of a sudden, and it uh, it ended up <clears throat> it ended up like letting people see my content a little bit more. Uh, it was basically I made a I made a uh, I made a post about 
the uh, Super Bowl halftime being uh, how the Wayans brothers in, in Living Color were are responsible for the modern day Super Bowl halftime performance. It got like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shares. I started getting people who followed, started following me. I started seeing other people's stuff. <clears throat> but when you get like 500, 1,000 likes, your friends list start paying attention to your page a little bit more. So uh, with the explore page, that's a whole different beast right there. You're going to have to literally go explore on your own without the explore page and just start liking other people's stuff, reels and pictures in particular to change what your explore page look like. But I hate that for you. Naked booty. Oh, Go naked ahead. booty all over your explore page. Let me it's see. <laughs> well, the next time I'll I'll send you what I'm well, I'll send you what I'm talking about so you can see how egregious it is because the my timeline is that's not what's on my timeline. And so I'm just saying, like, that's not what's typically on my timeline. Yeah, you so, made a, you made a mistake. You tapped on something you shouldn't have tapped on. Yeah, you're right. I just had to get that off my chest because I feel like Instagram be kind of playing games with people. And so, um, and so I just wanted to let them know that we watching y'all. I know y'all watching us, but we watching you too. And so I'm gonna get my Instagram back to where I want it, and then I'll have to report back. On yeah. the next episode of Better Matter of Black. When you fix it, you you come back, you report back, and you tell all the people how they can fix theirs too. Yeah, because I'm sure other people have problems too. It's not just trust. It ain't just you. <laughs> it, it ain't it ain't just you because it's the same. It's the same way with your Twitter timeline too. Like it's it's stuff that pop up on your Twitter timeline. And you're not, nobody's retweeting it. Nobody's liking it. But it's just popping it up on your timeline because they're saying that you would like this post. And they, you say, know, they, they say Twitter, Twitter say it's for you. Right. I was going to say Twitter has that for you thing that I always get confused about because I'm like, I'm not following any of these people. Like, why is this stuff on my timeline? And then I have realized that like, it toggles between for you and like your actual timeline. And yeah. that's how it gets you to also mess up your algorithm. Because if you're not paying attention, you go to liking stuff on your, um on the for you page. That is people you don't know, or you don't follow them before long. You're roped into a different algorithm like on, on Twitter. And they did that on purpose. You remember when Instagram and Twitter first came out, the timeline was chronological. You, you saw in real time what people were saying. You saw in real time what people were tweeting, what people were liking. And that's it. Uh, Instagram, I, I, I don't know who switched first, but I but I feel like I feel like it might have been Instagram. But yeah, so like when we were like seeing what everybody was doing as soon as they did it and we were following it and we were liking it then and they switched it one day and then we could just see the total difference in Instagram. It was like, why am I seeing this post from like three hours ago? Like, and I'm scrolling right now. And then Twitter just took it to a whole different level. You know what I'm saying? You, we were seeing people likes and retweets in real time, but then we just started randomly seeing 
you know, people likes and retweets from hours ago, and 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 then they and then both of them mixed in other people's content based on our interactions, you know what I'm saying? Or and it was suggested content. And so when when they took the timeline from chronological to like uh interactive and suggestions, that's when we start seeing how algorithms were like really coming into play. And and, and Facebook is the same way too. You can you can get on Facebook and look at things chronologically. You can still Facebook is the only website you can still look at things chronologically. But most people end up on their opening page where it's just relevancy. It's so, like stuff from two weeks ago, which I think is wild. Yeah, and then you and then it's annoying because when you make a post from two weeks ago telling people, hey, y'all open mic tonight, come on out, eight o'clock. And then you randomly get that person to come like that thing like ten two weeks later, like open mic was two weeks ago. Why are you liking this picture? <laughs> Honestly, they not it, it seems annoying, but they just it's they, they just popping up on on their page, and you might be the person that has the most traction on your on their uh, timeline. So they seeing stuff, your old stuff, your new stuff, all of that, and they liking it when they see it. But it's Facebook right. doing that, not not them going down. I mean, some people do go to your page and just start scrolling down, but it's rare nowadays. Because even if they do decide to go scroll down your page, they try not to like old stuff. They don't want you to know that they lurking, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or they also realize that, oh, damn, this happened a long time ago. I don't, ain't no sense of me even liking this. It's like useless. Yeah, but when they pop up fresh on the timeline, a lot of times they ain't paying attention to that date. They'll just Oh, so it says just drop the flyer. Okay, I like that. Oh, this is so nice. Well, I'll have to keep everybody posted. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably take a social media break. And then when I get back on, I'm gonna refresh my time my timeline so I don't gotta see a bunch of foolishness that I don't wanna see. Um but in the meantime, everybody should definitely be sure to Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at A-A-M-O-B underscore pod. Most definitely. You can find here, reach out to us. Um, give us suggestions on topics. Give us suggestions on guests. Give us suggestions on whatever you want. Or just talk to us about the episode. Give us constructive feedback. Maybe you don't like this episode. Maybe you ain't like last week's episode. Maybe you don't like how long the episodes are. Maybe you want them shorter. Maybe you want them longer. Maybe you think, you know, it's too much lag time. We we welcome constructive criticism. Yeah, we, we want to hear how we can improve. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't taking y'all money. <laughs> Not we, yet. We ain't taking y'all money. We just we just trying to make things sound good over here. You know what I'm saying? We just trying to do our job and to, and give the people great content for the week or for their for their for their daily commute to work or for their weekend cleaning sessions or uh wash days or whatever else they got going on. Already, you know. You ain't said nothing but the truth. We said nothing but the truth, you know. You know what I'm saying, black folks. You know we we trustworthy black folks. You tell us something, we ain't gonna go run and tell that. You ask me to keep a secret, I'm gonna be like, who I'm gonna tell? Who I'm gonna tell? Who I'm gonna talk to? 
Give us our feedback. We ain't going to put you on blast. Who I'm going to tell? Who I'm going to talk to? You know I'm talking to nobody? No, I don't even know nobody you know. Don't nobody even know that we friends like that. I ain't know. You ever heard somebody come back and say something I said to you? <laughs> you said to me? See? That's how you know I keep it real with you. That work. Now tell me, what was you going to say? Hey, that's, that's top tier black trustworthiness. Come on now. And we're the blackest podcast there is. Blacker than a mug. It goes hand in hand. Blacker than a mug. Well, um, I don't think we'll have another episode before the end of Black History Month. So I hope everybody stays black and continues to do all the black things for the rest of this month. But not only for the rest of this month, for the rest of this year. And we'll see everybody on the next on the next episode. Who well, I'm going to tell you. Peace. Bye. <laughs>